to the ground Earth while cats are on the ground Can you feel the heat? Listen to their feet Tearing up the cotton, building up the heat Here we come Oh no! Here we come! Oh no! Here we come! Yes, so just quickly going back to actually last week's season opener, and in particular, BC Bryce Cotton. Uh, he's the first player in the NBL 40-minute era to have 20-plus points, 10-plus rebounds, 5-plus assists, and 5-plus steals. Just classic Bryce. Uh, Todd Blanchard actually played his 350th game in the second game versus Cairns uh, back on Monday. Uh, let's just take one step back, though, and go a little bit further back to Saturday, where they actually defeated Illawarra 77-71. to uh, They were down by eight at halftime, but they truly made their move in the last term where they outscored the Hawks by 11. And uh, in all recollection, they probably should have lost the game. But uh, nonetheless, they got the win. Uh, it was a superb win, especially given the fact that Bryce only got 13 points. Uh, the key stat was, pro was the fact that they actually had and conceded 11 less turnovers. But uh, in the turnovers that they did get in regards to Illawarra either conceding the ball or just the pressure that the Wildcats put on was so immense, they got 25 points from turnovers, which is massive. And that probably also coincided and was a result of conceding 14 more free throws from the Hawks and they hit 20 of 25 free from the line. You just can't give a team like that that many opportunities at the free throw line. Uh, they don't call it the free throw line for a reason. It's a, it's freebie points that you're just giving them basically. Uh, LT Luke Travers, he had 14 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists and 2 steals. And he held, and uh, the Wildcats in general, they actually held the Hawks to 22 in the second half, which is a terrific effort in itself. Uh, and Mitch Norton and BC, uh, as I said, Bryce Cotton was kept about 13 points, uh, which of course is quite low, but in the context of the game, uh, it was a decent score, and that they were sort of pretty, uh, pretty spread out in regards to um, their top scorers. And 77 to 71, it's not the most high-scoring game that you're going to see during the season. Uh, onto the second game, uh, where, uh, as we said and I've already spoken about, Todd Blanchard has his, had his 350th. Uh, they actually defeated Cairns 105 to 76. This was an absolute uh, capitulation from a Cairns perspective, but a, a big statement by the Wildcats. Uh, BC Bryce Cotton he had 24 points, seven rebounds. And the plus-minus, so whenever you're on the court, um, however your team goes, whether they're conceding points or scoring points, uh, Bryce had the most uh, with plus 31 when he was on the court. The team actually scored 18 three-pointers overall, which is the most scored by the club ever in a road game. And in particular, in particular, they had 12 first-half triples. They shot the absolute lights out and could not miss. And it really came down to uh, Todd Blanchfield's hot start. He had five threes in the first half, I think uh, three in the first quarter. So he started off on fire. Uh, Toddy, speaking of, he had 17 points and he was five of eight from three-point, while Mitch Norton had 17, sorry, 16 points and nine assists. Uh, it was a 37-13 to 13 second quarter that absolutely blew the game apart, where they shot at 51% from the field and 47% from three-point. Uh, they did get beaten by nine in offensive rebounds, but similar to uh, the game against Illawarra the other night, they had eight less turnovers. So that's always going to help you when you're actually keeping the ball and not throwing it away and giving the other team opportunities to score. Uh, Cairns, it just wasn't a night for them. Uh, they were 2 of 18 from the three-point since quarter time. 
uh, and the Wildcats are similar to what they did uh, once again in that Hawks game. They had plus 12 points from turnovers, and they made them pay, and they had plus 12 bench points. Uh, so, yeah, terrific start. 3-0, and oh, if you don't mind. Just a great way to start the season. And looking ahead, uh, their next game is up against Melbourne United on Friday at 6.30 p.m. So that's it from the Wildcats. Let's now go on to uh, the pitch, uh, the cricket pitch, because we know it's getting close to cricket season. If it hasn't already started, uh, well, it has started. Let's be honest. So let's talk a little bit of Warriors. And WA, after a long wait, 23 years of wait, have won the Sheffield Shield, and that's what it means. With Sean Marsh, the veteran, in the middle of all of that, they've produced Australian player after Australian player. But this domestic season, they are kings across all formats. Yeah, well done, Western Australia. As you said, Adam, they've been the best team in Australia this year. They've won all three trophies. Right, this game was actually in a while end. back. Uh, so you, you finished at the back end of, sorry, at the early end. I think it actually finished on Wednesday of last week. But we have to make sure we cover it because just what we do here at Bat Banter, uh, they took care and disposed of New South Wales in their first Marsh-Sheffield Shield match as part of their defence. Uh, they won by eight wickets, routing the Blues for 180 and 162. Uh, and they actually conceded 7 for 105 in their second innings. Teague Wiley, at 18 years old and 163 days, and in just his third first-class match, became w WA's youngest ever centurion. He got 104 from 204 balls with 15 boundaries. Uh, another superb performance in that uh, terrific win was Lance Morris, who had the wild thing they call him. He had nine wickets for the match, whilst Matt Kelly was also terrific in the first innings. He bowled 17 overs for only 31 runs, and he added 47 in the batting innings. Uh, and you just have to mention Joel Paris's one for four from 13 overs at 0.31 economy rate in the second innings. Now, on bat banter's boy Teague Wiley, because we spoke about Teague Wiley quite a bit last year as a player to watch. So let's look at just what he's done so far as an 18-year-old and in the lead-up to that. Uh, in first, he made his first grade debut for Rockingham Mandra at 15. He scored his maiden Premier Cricket ton at 16. Years of age, if you don't mind. And as discussed in February this year on, on the show, uh, he was Australia's under-19s leading run score at the World Cup with 282 runs at 56.4. And he also made the team of the tournament. He debuted for WA at 17 and then became WA's youngest Sheffield Shield winner in April, of course, when they broke that long 20-plus year drought. Uh, they played India in a T20 practice match on Monday, uh, which which was just you know a terrific experience for them. Of course, India over here for the T20 World Cup, which is starting very shortly, uh, and they also have one uh, that was played today. Uh, they will then play Victoria in a Sheffield Shield game away on Monday the 17th. Uh, which is beginning at 7.30 Western Daylight Savings Time. So they'll get back into the, the Sheffield Shield. They'll play a couple more games, probably a couple of Marsh one-day cup games, uh, before the Big Bash starts uh, about mid-December. So that's it from the Warriors' perspective. Uh, let's now get on to back to a different kind of round ball game, the one that they play on grass. And, we'll call, of course, we're talking about soccer or football uh, for the most part, and they were talking about a bit of Perth glory. Glory, glory, 
Alright, just a little bit of off-pitch news, but I guess it uh, relates to the on-pitch on side of things. New recruit Mustafa Amini, he was announced as new captain of the club. And our goalkeeper, Pierce Clark, he'll join the club as an injury replacement for Brad Jones, who remains sidelined. And Pierce has actually played extensively in the NPL Victoria with excuse me, with Dandenong Thunder, South Melbourne, and Bentley Greens. Now, on to the first game that they played. So their day, sorry, their season actually started last week. Uh, it wasn't the best of start. However, it was a bit of a scrappy game. Uh, they lost to Western Sydney Wanderers 1-0 in a hard-fought season opener. That actually featured seven new faces in the starting 11 with another five on the bench. So brand new, brand new, brand new indeed. Uh, it was a 78th minute conceding goal that was the difference. New Irish recruit Aaron McInef waited until deep into injury, trying to injury time to truly trouble the goalkeeper, forcing into forcing him into a must save on the far left post to stop an equaliser. But they just didn't get enough shots because the key start was six to 13 shots in goal with only two on target, despite having 52% possession. And the game being a tight affair was defined by an equal equaling between both teams, 82% passing accuracy. Overall though, they just weren't able to create enough chances in the front third. And of course for us, that's gonna be, that's gonna need to be their biggest improvement. Come, because their next game is actually gonna be against Newcastle Jets at Hunter Stadium on Saturday at 2 p.m. Western Daylight Savings Time. So yes, of course, they lost 1-0. You know, you'd rather be winning or drawing when you're away, and they've got, I think, five or six games away on the road before they get to come home and play at Macedonia Park. But you know what? Uh, they've got some things that they can work on. But given the fact that they only conceded the one goal against, you know, an okay Western Sydney Wanderers team, your first game away, so many new faces. Um, I think there are more positives that you can probably take out of that game than negatives. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how they bounce back. And hopefully uh, we can see and talk next week about some really positive news uh, for the Glory men. Uh, so let's just quickly go on to, right now, the Glory women. White's there in the thick of it, as is Frusha. Now the drag flick, in for the goal. Perth with the first. Harry Somerville with a trademark, brings it in. Perth the other way, crossing in. Good ball. Wickham's there. Let's just go to a teammate. No, we're actually going to come back to the Glory women a little bit later on. Uh, probably next week, uh, we've got a bit more information for them. But let's uh, let's talk hockey. Uh, let's talk the Perth Thundersticks. And they got back-to-back -back wins yet again to show that they're going to be a force to be reckoned with this season. The men, they won 8-5, highlighting a potent attacking effort. Our Kookaburra, Tom Wickham, scored four goals, while Cam Geddes and the returning Liam Flynn both hit the back of the net twice as well. Uh, the women, they snatched a 2-0 victory late in the piece with Georgia Wilson and Linny Milan scoring two goals in the final term after a scoreless tussle up to the final moments of the match. Uh, they next will return to Perth against the Brisbane Blaze on Saturday, October 15, which of course is a Saturday coming up at 4.30, uh, which I think is the men's game, and then 6 p.m. is the women's game. So yeah, they've done exactly what they would have wanted to have done at the start of the season. Uh, begin your season with two big wins and two pretty convincing and confident wins. Uh, they've got some obviously high-quality players in there, uh, both Kookaburras and Hockey Roos, both in the men's and the women's. So yeah, they're doing exactly what they should be doing, which is terrific 
and fantastic. Uh, so we're going to leave the Thundersticks for now, and we're going to make on to make our way to an oval-shaped ball game. And there, there are two of them. So we're going to start off with the first one. We're going to chat a little bit of Western Force. Stowers, Stowers giving it the Ralston, and Ralston will score the first try. Runs it to the line, almost intercepted, and it is play on, and Brikey gets it down to McGregor, Jack McGregor. Okay, so this is mainly just all off-field, off-pitch stuff. Uh, they're looking for a new home for their six-game international invitation series planned in late August, early September next year up against New Zealand, uh, North Provincial side Hawke's Bay, South, A South Africa's The Cheetahs, Japanese club Satama Wild Knights, and possibly Irish heavyweights Leinster. So that's in the... Uh, I guess in the reckoning, in the makings, after they finish their Super 15 season, that uh, games will still be held and Western Force, the Western Force, will still be playing. Uh, Venues West, however, says HBF Park is out of bounds, uh, very similar to uh, to the problems that Perth Glory have had uh, due to pitch renovations after the completion of the Women's World Cup in August. Our Chief Executive Tony Lewis says he's looking to find some middle ground with Venues West, with Perth having a lack of rectangular grounds of the calibre that they're looking at. So for now, it's a watch this space kind of, uh, of aspect. Ollie Cummins, he's joined the club and he's signed on until 2025. So welcome to the uh, the Sea of Blue, Ollie. And Simon Thomas, he's been appointed as Head of Performance and he's widely known as one of the top strength and conditioning directors in the world in what is a huge coup for the club. Uh, and he actually hinged his success as Head of the Department of at the uh, Crusaders. Okay, the Crusaders that have won so many Super Rugby titles. People, uh, people simply just lose track of the number. Well, unless you're a high, unless you're a Crusaders fan, of course, you probably know every single one of them and where you were uh, every single time that they won. But from 2017 to 2020, uh, as I said, he was uh, head of the he head of this department in regards to you know the, the strength and conditioning at the Crusaders. Uh, before moving to Texan AG's athletic program across the last two seasons, and he will officially join the team when they make their way to Japan for a preseason two-match series starting in November. Uh, as as the club, and of course, it would make sense that they officially that they all and have officially started their pre-season last week. So they're you know, beginning to ramp things up uh, before they head over to Japan uh, and have a couple of games against the Japanese side uh, before, of course, coming home. And, you know, they're, uh, we know about the fixtures. Uh, they were dropped on bat banter a couple of weeks ago. So it's all coming together for them. All right, we're going to move our way on to the second round, ball, uh, sorry, oval ball game. And we're talking all things AFLW. Uh, I'm going to start off with West Coast. So... One thing you've got to do, you'd be on the move as a forward. Hooker throws it on the boot. Over the head of Van Dyke. She's under the pump now. Schmidt with a snap. Schmidt's all class. And there is no all right, Unfortunately, it was another, you know, another pretty good effort. But, um, but they lost yet again. Uh, they lost to Richmond 3-6-24 to 6-7-43. Uh, they're now winless against them from three attempts, despite entering the competition at the same time. Uh, it was the second term that did the damage, with the club conceding two goals one to zero goals two. But then in the, in the second half, they matched them two goals two apiece. So again, nice positive for them. The key stat was having 19 less inside 50s, despite having a 60% inside 50 efficiency, which is remarkable. Uh, and having nine more clearances. Uh, but they're also just going up against the team who had won their last four games. 
And so whilst it was a loss, it certainly was still a positive step given how they were able to hang with a high-quality team like the Tigers. And the scores inflated probably after two late Richmond goals pushed the lead beyond single digits that it was for a long part of the game. Emma Swanson was terrific. She had 19 disposals and nine tackles. And another positive for the club was that uh, it secured its third rising star of the season. Uh, in second year defender Charlie Thomas, uh, she had 23 disposals, 11 intercept possessions, and seven rebound 50s. Uh, she was the number one pick for the club back in the 2021 AFLW draft, and her 20 kicks uh, during the game actually added up to 633 metres gained. And you know that I'm a big metres gained stat fan. Uh, probably one of the early ones, but uh, nonetheless, I think I think it certainly shows uh, how much they contribute to the game and how much they're driving the ball forward. So looking forward, because that's all you can do, is uh, they next will face Geelong on Saturday afternoon at Icon Park at 2.40pm Western Daylight Savings Time. So that's all things West Coast. Let's now move on to down the road. Uh, well, I, I guess it's uh, slightly down the road. Well, you could probably say up the road. It depends on where you're looking and uh, how bad your directions are. But let's talk a little bit of Fremantle Dockers AFLW. Look at taken to the ground. What a tackle from Tuhaka Reina on her debut. Will she create a goal? Antonio's got some wheels. She'll take them on. Banana along the ground. Oh. The beater it does. What a remarkable goal to get us started. How do you like it? Ebony Antonio. Ah, oh, man, they just have not had the season that they uh, would have liked to, unfortunately. And just a quick little side text. Uh, I was at, because uh, as, as you all know, listeners, uh, I'm a physical education teacher, and I uh, managed to make my way to an all-girls multi-sport carnival where they played games of netball, uh, football, uh, but also, what's the third one? Netball, football, and cricket. Uh, and I was really lucky. I got to have a quick chat with uh, star Fremantle forward Anya Ty. And the big thing that she said, because I asked her, I said, you know, you're obviously not, not happy with how the season's played out or panned out. And I think it's just come down to not being able to have a full card of decks or a full deck of cards. I guess they probably call it and they probably say a little bit better. So, yeah, they've just had so many injuries throughout the season. And uh, after listening to Coach Trent Cooper, uh, even earlier this week, I think it was a Wednesday interview on, on SEN, uh, was that uh, basically that they're going to be really close to only just getting enough players to make it on the on the field. So I think they're at 22. And, of course, you have uh, tw- a squad of 21, uh, 16 on the field and then five on the bench. So, yeah, I, I don't know that. They've, I think whatever could go wrong went wrong for them. Uh, you know, Kiara Bowers missed a lot of the preseason. She's obviously come back into just sublime form, but that didn't start well. Uh, both the Antonios, both Ebony and Kara, um, that they've missed pretty much the whole season. And then you know, Gabby O'Sullivan, Janelle Cuthbertson, many players have been able, been going in and out of the club. And yeah, it's just been very, very tricky for them to get continuity in their team. And we know at their best, they're just terrific. But uh, yeah, so however, sidetrack. But I thought that was an important story to tell, uh, uh, hearing hearing from Anya and you know how she's going. But she was just terrific and uh, really got around the girls. And it was it was a great highlight for them. Uh, unfortunately, Fremantle they got charged over the top of a gallant. Uh, a gallant Fremantle, but they got charged over the top of by Adelaide. Uh, they lost 5-1-31 to 7-7-49. Uh, the Dockers were leading by nine points heading into the last, but conceded four goals uh, on on the hop to succumb to the Crows. 
the key stat was 28% inside 50 efficiency, uh, and they were actually they had 15 less inside 50s, and they lost the stoppage clearances by seven. Kiara Bauer, she had probably one of the best AFL games ever, or even just one of the best AFL games. This stat, this stat line is absolutely ridiculous, and I don't think I've even seen uh, a men's game have this kind of stat line. She had 29 disposals, 11 clearances. If you think that wasn't enough, what are you going to add to it? What she does best, and that's 19 goddamn tackles. What the hell, Kiara Bowers? Get out. And we have to put into context as well that the team were actually two players down, both Janelle Cuthbertson and Gabby, Sel- Gabby O'Sullivan. They missed the whole second half. So, yeah, I don't like that. they did it hard. They did it really, really difficult. Emma O'Driscoll, she had 18 disposals, four marks and five tackles, whilst Nikki Gore had 11 tackles of her own. And very similar to West Coast, all you can do is look forward and see what happens next. Uh, it doesn't get any easier. So I think they've played Melbourne uh, and, of course, Adelaide of recent weeks, uh, w- which are two of the heavyweights uh, in the AFLW world. The team, however, is at least back home. They'll be playing Collingwood next Sunday afternoon or this Sunday afternoon at Fremantle Oval. So get down there, support the girls, uh, and uh, they have the game against Collingwood, and then their last two games are against some expansion sides, so hopefully they can get a couple of wins there. But yes, onwards and upwards of Fremantle. Hopefully they can pull it all together and finish off the season on a high and take that momentum into next season. All right, but from a Dockers perspective, we're out for now. Okay, that's it. We're done with Dusted. God, it's taken us long enough to get the episode out, but it's here to you, ladies and gentlemen, and it's here for you. That was Season 2, Episode 58, the WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap. If you haven't already, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook, and you can follow us on Instagram. And whether you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, it's been an absolute privilege to have you on board, and we look forward next week. One time might I add uh, to touching base with all of our teams on the WA domestic sporting scene but from yours truly Adam Bat I'm out for now and thank you for listening